Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad that you joined us. Don't have a postcard today, but uh, Doug Binkley, uh, you sent me this card in the mail. Uh, Doug is from Ohio and could not find a local postcard. Listen, folks, it doesn't have to be a local postcard. Pick one up on your way to anywhere, uh, any when you're on vacation. I'd just love to know where you've been. Uh, but Doug, thanks for sending the card. Anyway, uh, Doug went on our Israel trip here recently, had a great time, says he's looking forward to our 2.0 Israel trip. And we're going to do one. For those of you that have been to Israel already, we're going to do a whole other trip, add a bunch of new sites. We'd love to have you be a part of that. Hey, by the way, uh, I don't say a whole lot about this, but I would love for you to, especially you procrastinators, I'd love for you to just take a moment and leave a review of the podcast on your favorite platform, whether it be uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify or Podbean or wherever you're watching. Uh, that really helps us. And so thank you in advance for helping us with that. We're in Mark chapter 10 in our Bible, and we just finished a couple lessons on the topic of divorce and remarriage. That's always a touchy topic. And the Lord really brings us back to God's heart on the matter. God's heart is that there would be one man and one woman uh, that would be brought together by the Lord for a lifetime of serving him together. I understand that marriage is not for everybody. Some have the gift of singleness. I understand there are extenuating circumstances, but it's good for us to remember what, what the bottom line is with the Lord. And Jesus brought us back to that bottom line. Look at verse number 13 now of Mark chapter number 10. And to watch how the passage progresses, where it says, they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. It seems almost inconceivable to me, but it's what happened. Remember that in Bible days, uh, the role of women worldwide, and even the way people looked at slaves or servants, remember, remember one out of every five people during the time of Jesus were slaves uh, in the Roman Empire at that time. And the children, they were looked at as lesser lesser. And so when these parents and these grandparents and these well-meaning people brought young children to Jesus for the simple act of just bless my children, uh, touch them and bless them, uh, the disciples saw that as a waste of time. They saw that as intruding into the otherwise busy and more important schedule of the Lord. How dare you bother him? And they actually rebuked. Think about that. They rebuked the people that brought their children to Jesus. I see in this verse and verses that will follow today, just a great reiteration of just how important children are and therefore how important children's ministries are. Think about even in the home, the importance of rearing children. 
the most important discipleship, and I would say this, the greatest discipleship opportunity you have as a parent is with your own children. Now, whether or not you avail yourself of that discipleship opportunity, whether or not you see it as a discipleship opportunity, whether or not you take the time to invest in that discipleship opportunity, that's really up to you. But the point is that God has outfitted it that if Christian parents would simply do their job, so first of all, be fruitful and multiply. So let's just assume that uh, a family has four children. Uh, You've already doubled yourself as as a husband and wife. And now if you train those four children to live for God, and they marry children that live for God, then in one generation, we've doubled. In two generations, we've quadrupled. I mean, truly, the the idea of discipling our children could change the world if we would take it seriously. So far from rebuking people from bringing their children to Jesus, we ought to be encouraging every good and godly parent and influencer to be bringing children to Jesus. Now, think about that in the church context. Sometimes we look at children's ministry in local churches almost in a disesteeming way. Like, uh, hey, if you want to get involved, anybody can teach a Sunday school class. Anybody can work in junior church. Anybody can watch the nursery. And yet, if we're to understand children's ministry through a biblical lens, then we understand that children's ministry is at the apex. It is absolutely imperative. I like, I think it was Charles Spurgeon that said, it is not the profession of adults that he, uh, of children rather, that he questions, but the, but the profession of adults, because we're to come to God as children. Not, it's not children that need to learn how to be an adult to serve God. No, in many respects, it is an adult that needs to learn the humility and faith of a child uh, to serve the Lord. And that's the point that we're going to make in today's podcast. So children's ministry is paramount that we Uh, As bends the twig, so grows the tree. And we need to make sure that we are bringing children to the Word of God and bringing them to faith in Christ and bringing them to good and godly habits that will serve them for a lifetime. So far from rebuking children's ministry and bringing people to Jesus, we ought to be fertilizing it, should we not? So uh, the entire teaching of Jesus now is predicated on the wrong decision that these Christian disciples have made, these followers of Jesus. Look at verse number 14. But when Jesus saw it, so Jesus saw this going on. He saw how his handlers, the disciples, were uh, blockading these parents from bringing their children to Jesus. So when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. Let's not read our Bible too quickly that we gloss over that kind of an attitude by the Lord. He was much displeased. He was greatly troubled by what he was seeing. This grieved him, much displeased. I would say this, that if it's our faith by which we please God, and we are to do always those things that please him, as Jesus did always those things that please the Father, then we should really take special note in the Bible where Jesus is displeased about anything, let alone much displeased. So the Bible says that when Jesus saw this, he was much displeased. And uh, it says that he said unto them, 
suffer, or we would say today in modern English, allow. So suffer the little children to come unto me. Let this happen. Don't forbid them. Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. Don't do what you're doing. What you've been doing with presumably good intentions, we want to protect Jesus' time. We want to protect him from needless interruptions. Uh, You might have the right attitude, but you're going about this the wrong way. So suffer the little children to come unto me. Forbid them not. So Jesus gives them a command. Don't do what you're doing. Okay, Allow these children to come to me. And then he gives us a rationale for his command. He gives us the why. why. Why is Jesus saying this? Well, look at verse number 14 again. So suffer the little children to come unto me, forbid them not, for of such, speaking of these children, of such is the kingdom of God. So there's something important that we can understand about these children as representatives of what the kingdom of God is all about. Uh, They serve serve illustratively of what the kingdom is and what the attitudes in the kingdom should be and what entrance into the kingdom looks like. So what, what was Jesus driving at? Well, he explains it further in verse number 15, where he says, verily, anytime Jesus would begin a statement with verily, we know that anything that Jesus says is true, obviously. But when Jesus says verily, Uh, He's saying, truly. Uh, So listen carefully. This is an irrefutable uh, truism. So verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. So disciples, unwittingly, you have forbidden these parents from bringing their children to me And really, in forbidding them, you've done wrong for a number of reasons, but a major one is this, that you now have exempted people from seeing the greatest example of what it means to enter the kingdom of God. And these children are the best and prime candidates for the kingdom of God. Why? Because they're coming with simple, and we use the term today, simple childlike faith. They're coming with the faith of a child. Well, what is the faith of a child? It's one that that believes readily. It's one that trusts completely. It's one that bears humility. Boy, if you want to see humility, get with a group of children. They'll be transparent. What are you struggling with? They'll tell you. Uh, what have you done wrong? They'll be very honest. Don't send your kids to kindergarten unless you want that kindergarten teacher to know all about your family life because those kids will tell him. Why? Because they haven't learned how to be socially deceptive yet. They haven't learned how to manipulate. That's not to say that children aren't aren't sinners, but I'm saying there's a transparency and a humility among children that you won't find in adults. You don't believe that? Uh, Put a bunch of adults, tell a bunch of adults on on Sunday morning, hey, uh, just impromptu, come on up, all you adults. We're going to sing as one big choir. Well, you won't get a great response Why? Because adults are, uh, they're self-conscious. You'll never get me up there. Uh, They're not going to sing with the veins popping out of their neck. Oh, no way. But I'll tell you what, you ask for children. Hey, I want all the children. If you're six years of age or younger, come on up. All you kids, we're going to sing a song. Boy, they'll run up. They'll sing their guts out. You'll see that vein pop out in their neck. 
Why? Because there's a humility and effervescence, a, a quality of faith that we need as adults. And so Jesus said to his disciples, by forbidding these children to come, uh, you're forbidding the prime candidates for the kingdom of God. You want to see something very interesting? If you are a Sunday school teacher, a junior church leader, a, a pastor, a youth pastor, uh, do this little survey in your church next time you have a group together, especially a group of adults. Ask that group of, of adults, how many of you came to Christ at uh, as a child? Raise your hand. What you're going to find is that that the vast majority of people come to Christ as a child. Why? Exactly because of what Jesus is saying here. Exactly what he's saying. So don't forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verse number uh, 15, for, for whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter in. So this is, it's not that only children can be saved. But it's that only childlike faith saves. You get the difference there? It's not that anybody can't be saved. Certainly a person can be saved on their deathbed at age 99. Okay, but they would still have to exhibit the same kind of childlike faith that one would have at age five or six. So important. Now, does that mean that we should be childish? Of course not. I mean, Paul talked about the childishness of the Corinthians, or the writer of Hebrews talked about the childishness of not being able to handle the meat of the word. And the Bible says that in, in malice, we should be children. So in some cases, the Bible uses children as a negative, but in the case of faith and humility, uh, the illustration is a big positive. And so today, uh, march forward with childlike faith. Let God use you as you trust him like a child would trust his, his own parent. It'll help you. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. We're going to jump into a brand new uh, story tomorrow. I guess I, I should have read verse 16, that he took them up in his arms. He put his hands upon them and blessed them. So far from forbidding these children, Jesus took them and did exactly what his parents wanted him to do for them. He held them. He blessed them. Why? Because they were uh, the subject of this great lesson that he just gave. So that's all the time we have for today. I'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.